0: all right we're good to go josh holland welcome to the podcast man how you doing
1: i am wonderful brett thank you for having me um it's funny because when, when we when we actually agreed to do this show um i wasn't quite sure if we were doing your show or my show <laughs> <laughs> and so you got you got to the uh the information first about sending sending out uh how to how to log on so i guess we're doing your show man <laughs> we're
0: gonna we're gonna do this one first you know we'll, we'll see how this one goes and if you want me on yours we'll, we'll nail it you know but um listen man it's a huge honor and pleasure i've i've just got to know you over the last few weeks introduced by someone else in the world of strength and conditioning kind of and and kind of met you on the internet i mean it, it, you know as on this social media th- crazy world we're in now you know and uh, but you're doing some amazing things out there and I was just really intrigued by you from the get go and so it's a pleasure to have you today man
1: thank you much appreciated and likewise I've been I've been honored to to kind of see your world and see some of your content and learn more about you so this is this is, this is fascinating from my perspective as well
0: yeah cool well listen sw- swimming is my world but I'm kind of branching out these days you know I'm I'm part of the Any Question team now and and and, and be- help them build out different platforms on on the app Any Question which people can find at the App Store and and we brought you on in the strength channel and you're doing some amazing things in that world but uh, in terms of people just kind of getting to know you a little bit give us a little bit about your background
1: yeah. Thank you for the opportunity there. So um, for one, I've, I've had a really amazing time just kind of uh, getting onboarded to the Any Question app. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like you guys are onto something very, very cool. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with, with social media today, it's it's easy to get caught up in a lot of misinformation. And it's also easy to get caught up in, um, in what's trending and what's the latest fad and things mm-hmm. like that so i i appreciate the ability to connect directly with people who who actually have bona fide questions for people that they might look up to or people mm-hmm. that they feel can can address their concerns
0: yeah yeah absolutely man and I'm, I'm stoked too it's a crazy platform like you know you and i are po- podcast hosts and we get to speak to incredible people you know maybe once or twice a week I'm in a situation now where I'm onboarding these, you know, amazing experts like yourself, and I'm doing five or six phone calls a day, talking to leaders in the field, whatever the field is right now. And it's just, I'm having some incredible conversations. Had a brilliant one with you the other day, and just learning about you and your business and how you do things. And then, you know, thirty minutes later, I'm on with somebody else who's an expert in their field. So it's it's been super cool to be part of this. I agree. The app itself is onto something, you know, like bringing on people with serious knowledge and experience uh people have dedicated their lives to their craft you know obviously my background you can see what i've been doing and and the same for you uh you you've just written a book which we're going to go into in a minute which is which is crazy you know i've always thought to myself i wonder what it'd be like to write a book and here you are you know putting one out on the market in the next few weeks which is super exciting um but so, so just for people that don't know exactly where you came from or or what you're into, give us a brief description of that.
1: Right. So, um, you know, I, I'm I'm from a small, 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 small town mm-hmm. in uh, Oklahoma called Chandler, Oklahoma, cool. and I grew up with this. I, I basically, I I kind of say that I grew up in martial arts, and the mm-hmm. reason why I say it like that is because uh my family particularly my father has had a martial arts business um ever since i was you know even dreamed of and so when i was born my brother and i i was four years old my brother was five and that's when we began our journey in martial arts Mm. and so if you can imagine just how um how much knowledge would have come from like Eastern medicine, Eastern philosophies mm-hmm. at such a young age and how that kind of shaped my foundation in all things health and wellness, then you kind of get this this understanding or better understanding of where I come from mm-hmm. and um, you know, basically, I, I ended up working really, really hard and I like to kind of explain this story in that the usual route for a young kid or a person that's starting out in my dad's uh, karate system called American Karate System, which which actually was one of the first to blend multiple styles. And I say the first, the, the first within my orbit. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was way before UFC became UFC or mixed martial arts became mixed, mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a chance to kind of look up to my, my father, who was a serial entrepreneur. He was doing everything from um, uh, massage therapy to running a karate school to being the chief of police in our hometown wow. to, you know, to being an EMT so what he decided to do was build this system in which maximize his upbringing and his experience within martial arts and so he didn't just train one style he trained taekwondo and jiu-jitsu and goju and and he, he blended all of that into a curriculum that's known as American Karate System mm. and what was cool about that is I also got a chance to see him be a carpenter and be a plumber and do all these things. And so I was like, wow, you know what? In life, we can actually explore all the things that we're interested in. And I kind of approached that with my dad at the beginning because he wanted my brother and I to be the best martial artists in the world. You know, he was grooming Mm. us to be Olympians. And that was his dream for my brother and I. But it wasn't necessarily what what I wanted. I mean, yeah. I, I wanted it to a certain extent because I wanted to make my dad happy, mm-hmm. uh, make my family happy, make my family proud. But as I got my black belt at the age of twelve, just before I turned twelve, um, in that in in that system, you have to not only learn all the curriculum, but you also have to um, you have to certify in CPR and first aid mm. because that's what he did. Um, you also have to test out and know all of the anatomy of the body so that. You know, you understand how to kind of fix various things. And so this was oh. a really good platform for thrusting me into like the rest of what I do today.
0: Wow.
1: No, I mean, I had no idea I was going to be a trainer. But once I kind of saw that I was really into working for myself, kind of like my dad did, um, I went to an entrepreneurship camp at the age of 12 at a college, um, Oklahoma state university. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I had all of this knowledge and and all of this experience learning how to be able to teach people that were two or three or four times my age, but have them respect me for being a black belt, for, for understanding the, 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 the system that we were, we were teaching people to, to, to do. And that just shaped who I am, you know, it really shaped wow. who I am and then, you know, kind of, Fast forwarding, I went on to to play basketball at a very high level, um, one state uh, while I was in high school, and I got all the accolades for sort of being one of the best in the state. And then that was my dream. Like, I just wanted to to play Mm. professional basketball in some way, shape, or form. And um, I got some looks from some of the D1 schools in the area. But I realized that I just wasn't quite good enough, you know. Like I I, (laughs) it's one of those things that was very hard to to come to to realization. Mm. But um I just realized that like these guys are right. The people who were scouting me, they they do their scouting reports for a reason. And they realized that even though I was really good in this small town community and in the district, the region, when it comes to Going up against everyone else who was the mm-hmm. best in their community mm-hmm. and at the bigger schools and from out of state, I mean it was I was at the top of the depth chart, which you guys all understand yeah. charts, right? But I was at the top of the depth chart when I was recruited, and I went ended up going to a, a junior college because the D1 schools were like, hey, if you can make the cut at this, you know, junior college, this is where we get a lot of our talent from, mm-hmm. then um, yeah, we'll 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 take a serious look at you. Mm-hmm. So I go, okay, cool. I go to the junior college. I'm at the top of the depth chart everybody's like you know we heard about this kid from this small town in one state and all these things and i mean i'll be honest with you the first couple of weeks i couldn't even get the ball past half court oh right. Well. <laughs> you know like i was going up against the the defensive player of the year from a top 5a and 6a school mm-hmm. and that was who was who i was going against and you know again that was when i fir- first confronted adversity, which I think helped helped me to really to to get back down to the bottom of the depth chart and then work my way back up. And then from there, I worked through injuries. And uh, long story short, this is what shaped who I am. And so if you take all of those experiences, and then you put that up against me moving to New York, wanting to do modeling and acting, thinking that my basketball career was over, I quickly realized that if I just put the right amount of work and dedication to what it is that I really wanted to do, I might be able to take it to the next level, which is exactly what I did. So um, I use that story, kind of a long story, but I use that story to help shape how I work with clients. You know, I try to do whatever I can to make them aware of their abilities to also make them aware of their deficiencies and find ways to help optimize their overall health and wellness
0: i love that i love that talk about the adversity you know and then that realization i had that so many times when i was recruiting you know athletes in swimming i'm at a division one top school in the country at auburn university one of the best swim schools in the country you know and you'd go and talk to the the state champion and their parents and then and you know they'd be like look this this kid's the best and blah blah blah. and then you'd be like listen i understand all that but there are levels as well and so when they get <laughs> down then when they get down to my program you know there's a little bit of a rude awakening of like oh shoot you know like these these people aren't messing around now This is a whole different <laughs> you're picking the best of every state there's 50 states you know and you bring them all together and then all of a sudden you know you got some talent there so i get that um it must have felt pretty good though i was, I was just think thinking as you were talking there is like a a 12 year old black belt i mean there's a lot of discipline and um you know a, a control in that right i'm sure your dad taught you all those things but it must feel pretty good as a 12-year-old to be a black belt. <laughs> Am I wrong in that? Like at some point you must be like I I got some skill here, you know?
1: Well, listen, that, that's a very good point and I'm glad you touched on that because I I don't get a chance to talk about this too much. Um but imagine where you were when you were 12. Mm. And and actually, you know, it was before my 12th birthday. So, um, you know, that one of the the stories I've mentioned before on other podcasts is in, in my dad's system, the the usual route to go from a white belt, which is, you know, a beginner belt, mm-hmm. from a white belt to a yellow belt, which is your first belt, um, normally you test, you, you do three stripe tests. But- so that kind of gives you certain chapters, if you will, of, of what you're learning. Mm-hmm. And then you do your belt test, which is kind of the culmination of, of, of all those chapters, right? And usually that process for the average person that's in our school system usually is about two months, two to three months. My brother and I, it took us two years, years, two Mm. years to go from white belt to yellow belt because my father wanted to make sure that no matter what, no one would ever say, oh, well, these guys are you know, they they get promoted right. because they're the the sons right. of the sensei. Right. In fact, he wanted to flip that on its head, and basically go, "Yeah, these guys are white belts, but they're going to kick your butt." <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so then it became this whole idea of like, "Well, they they really shouldn't be because they're too advanced." And my dad's like, "Yeah, but they didn't pass their test." <laughs> so, um, so I say all that to say, um, there was very little. Um, it, it, it was this idea of. My dad really rewarded my, my brother and I with hard work right. as opposed to talent. right? Because talent, a lot of people were born with talent, but it gets you butt so far, right? right? And so he wanted to make sure that we knew how to teach, we knew how to listen, we knew how to follow, we also knew how to be the absolute best. And what would it do to the minds of these young kids to know that they they earned it. Like they absolutely Mm. earned everything that they got throughout their entire career.
0: Yeah. I love that about your dad, man. I love the fact that he's your role model and that he did such a great job in, um, in raising you and, and that imprint that he had on you and your brother. And it's like the, like, I just watched the, the movie on the Williams sisters, you know, and their dad and what he did to them. And there were so many people that were like, doubting what what they could do and how he was doing it and he was just steadfast in in teaching these girls you know and and to see where they are today and to see the impact it sounds very similar to the kind of impact that your dad had on you man we individualized training in the pool so why not individualize your nutrition erica Biney of Binney wellness building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates erica understands swimming she gets it she's worked with over 20 olympians including the fastest man in the world caleb dressel Group discounts are available, so go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B-E-I-N-E, wellnessbuilding.net. What's really ironic, if you want to call it ironic,
1: Mm -hmm. um, my dad, most people, I guess now the story's out now, but um, my dad is morbidly obese. And when I say morbidly obese, a lot of people have this image of like, okay, he's probably, you know, 300 pounds or something like that. Like my dad a year ago was like around 507 pounds when
0: he
1: went into the hospital. Right. And so also in parallel, now he wasn't always 500 pounds when we were Mm. growing up, but he just kind of slowly, but surely got bigger and bigger and bigger. A lot of uh, trauma within, within himself. And then Mm -hmm. also when my brother and I, we were growing up, you know, we, we were faced with divorce and all these Mm -hmm. things. Right. And so there was a lot of, depression and, and, right. and uh, trauma within him right i understand this now i didn't understand this before but
0: right.
1: not only did we have to deal with possibly being the most badass kids in school right uh facing bullies and people who just wanted to test us right mm-hmm. like oh mm-hmm. you guys are the karate kids it was my right, and I, right? so right. you guys are the karate kids what would you do if i did this <laughs> you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. so we, we got this all the time wow. um but we also had to learn very quickly how to deal with, um, with with people talking crap, right? Just, you know, like having to deal with that uncomfortable um, image of your dad being so large that, you know, people kind of snicker and they point and they, like, who's that fat man? And I'm like, is that your dad? And man, what that does to, to a, a young kid and yeah. shaping the mind, like it teaches you very early on how to – how to, like, balance, like, the difference between constructive criticism, also when, when people just aren't being nice, you know, and then also right. how to, like, diffuse a situation. I think that's the most I got out of martial arts um, that I probably still carry with me today is learning how to d- diffuse a situation and also assess an, a situation within a snap of a finger.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a crazy story, man. But um, in terms of when I look at your resume, a the the first kind of word i wrote down here is holistic you know actually at the top of what i wrote in in your resume here and um it kind of sums up a lot of what's underneath that you know in terms of like this holistic approach and it goes against the norms of what you see in you know strength trainers or uh, personal trainers or whatever uh is out there these days in terms of the normal kind of track let's say you know like it seems like you've taken an approach of like i'm i'm going to i'm going to look at it from this way rather than here's the textbook this is what they tell me to do this is what everybody else is doing seems like you've taken a different route here so in terms of like this holistic trainer what does that mean exactly
1: very good point great question i what i've learned throughout the years whether it be from martial arts or whether it be from basketball, working with different trainers, different teams, different cultures, I learned that there's, and and, and pardon the expression, but there's many ways to skin a cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I say pardon the expression because it's such a weird expression, but people <laughs> get the point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, through my experience, I realized that there, there's more than one way to achieve a desired outcome. And I learned that through school, right? Like, you know, some people can do math very quickly. I mean, I was Mm -hmm. fortunate enough to be very high level in school, uh, getting academic scholarships and things like that on top of athletic scholarships. Mm -hmm. But I was always so, so confused as a young kid, like, well, this teacher teaches it this way, and that teacher teaches it a different way. But the outcome is the same. So uh, I started to apply that to my personal training, because I started out as a trainer. Mm -hmm. um, and, And that actually was simply because I was working at a nutritional store, GNC. I worked at GNC while I was in, in college and even a little bit after I was out of college. And I worked there for about six years. Mm-hmm. And because I loved to just study all kinds of things, I was able to study supplements. I was able to study all these, all these other things. And then I would get all the magazines and go through the different workout protocols. And then a lot of my teammates would Asked me for supplement suggestions and also workout suggestions. Mm. And again, back to this whole idea of accepting everything, the holistic approach. I didn't understand what it was then, but I do now. And what I was doing was like, well, look, you want to be, you want to jump higher. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's ways to do that. Here's how I do it. I mean, it's not that I jump higher than you. We're we're two to- totally different people. But mm-hmm. here's what I do. If you want to learn like what I'm doing, wow. uh, good luck trying to achieve the same result. But, um, you know, I, I would go to the different magazines and and I would see videos online. And back in the day, this was I'm I'm 41 years old by the way, so <laughs> I can huh. say back in the day. But like back in the day, you had to have DVDs or VHS tapes mm-hmm. if you wanted to get you know certain things. But I would uh, subscribe to the East Bay magazines. I would get the, the, those calf trainers, the different mm-hmm. shoes. And I just kind of was like, Hey, look, here's your toolkit. You can follow what I do, or you can find out what works best for you and then test it and then retest it and keep doing that. And that's the exact approach that I use today because, you know, it's like to be a strength and conditioning coach that's certified by a certain entity, um, or to say that I got a degree from a certain college, that, that shows I know how to do that one thing that right. wasn't a, it wasn't enough for me like' I've, right. I've felt so much pressure throughout my younger years in college and high school people trying to tell me to stay in my lane because that's the best way to to, to master something but I'm kind of like look I think specialization and masterization if you will has really screwed up our, our world. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, why don't we all kind of figure out what works best for us individually? And then we explain or share our experiences so that other people can go, oh, you know what, I've never thought about trying it that way. And, yeah. and and when everyone is trying to find the one way, that's where we get into this misinformation and people, you know, talking crap about other people, about their method and their approach. And it's, it's not about that. So yeah, that, that's the reason why, I mean, I hope I answered your question, but that's the reason why I decided to take a more holistic approach because there's so many ways to help someone.
0: Right. And so uh, that that's so interesting because I, I look at that same principle in, in sprint freestyle, sprint freestyle is my thing, you know, um, or sprinting, let's say in, in swimming terms, which is kind of the, the 50 meters or the hundred meters, it's the short stuff in the pool. You know, if you were to kind of liken it to the track, it'd be the the hundred, the 200 type athletes, they're my, they're my people, you know? So I, I, I feel comfortable in that realm, but I felt like we were boxing ourselves in when, as I was coming up, it was like, everybody does it this way. We don't do it differently. This is, this is the way we do it. Everybody kind of subscribed to this plan and it just didn't fit me, man. And so like, as a coach, I started to think outside the box of like, well, what if I incorporate this? What if I incorporate that? And I would just get super creative with with certain things when it came to sprint and I would take the, what they were doing in the track or on the track and and I would take what they were doing in the velodrome for the cyclers and I would I would look at all the different aspects of what are other people doing to help other athletes become faster in whatever they're trying to do and what could I take from them what could I learn from them what could I incorporate you know those sorts of things and 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 then certainly taking this holistic approach of like all right I want to build speed but I also want to build strength agility athleticism, you know, uh, I want them to be healthy. I want them to be, you know, flexible, you know, so you're looking at the whole athlete in terms of how can I raise the level of everything to get this one result of ultimately swimming faster in the pool. That makes sense?
1: Yes. I mean, you hit the nail on the head because, I mean, obviously there are very specific things that people have done throughout time Mm -hmm. especially for like sport specific training and when you get to the level that you're talking about and that you mostly work in um yeah there's gonna be things that you you have a certain outcome for that sport Mm -hmm. period right um but you know let's talk about like the the Fosbury flop right Mm -hmm. you know before before him you know it was kind of like this barrel jump thing right? right and this is how everyone was doing it and then here comes this anomaly. This guy was like, well, I kind of look at the <laughs> mechanics and I think I want to try it a different way. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the new standard, right? Mm-hmm. And again, where's the person that's going to then change that, right? right. There's probably somebody out there in 10 years right. from now or maybe somebody out there now who's going back to some kind of jump, like even my nephew He's in track and field, and uh, I watched him throughout his senior year in high school, and he's doing a scissor, scissor kick over, over you know, for high jump. Mm. And I'm like, wow, you know, like – and he's up there with all the others. And then you, you get people saying, well, imagine if he could learn how to do the the flop or, the you know, a barrel jump or whatever. But mm-hmm. he did try all those things, and he got the best results out of a scissor, scissor yep. kick. Yep. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: exactly just what works for each individual and and that's kind of the way i look at it in swimming too is like okay you know there are, there are new methods that are coming along but they're, they're not going to fit everybody it might be might be better to stick with what was working in the past and someone else it might be good to explore a different avenue but um that's interesting uh, and now listen I, I did mention earlier that you've got a book coming out uh fresh off the press man so that's kind of exciting there it is here the awareness shift man so first of all uh, congratulations on that, and then then talk me through the process of writing this book.
1: Ooh wee! <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, back to earlier when you were saying that you thought about writing a book, and mm-hmm. and then you know, here I am now with a book coming out. This was I, I had the same thought you did years ago, and I toyed around with putting the idea out there to kind of make myself a little bit more accountable, and and then about. Well, right in the heart of the pandemic, when it, when it kind of first started, that's when I was like, well, look, I've got all this time now. Maybe I should get serious about writing a book if I'm going to write a book. And I think what caused me to hesitate initially is I feel like I'm still peaking in my career and, mm-hmm. and I will continue evolving. I think that's the point of what we should all be trying to achieve is to right. continually evolve. And so I didn't feel comfortable writing a, a memoir right? Because Mm -hmm. that's one of those things you kind of write towards the end of your career or after you've peaked and maybe things are slowing down, typically, right?
0: Right. At least
1: that's how I see it. Um, And so I was like, well, what is something that would be a good resource for people um, either trying to understand more about who I am and what I do, sort of my quote unquote method, Mm -hmm. or what are some resources that could really help people optimize their total health and wellness? So I decided that, There were a number of of key points or pillars that I was working with for for a few years. And it was like four four pillars at first. And the pillars were, and and again, these were the things that I saw got the most bang for the buck when working with clients and myself. And it started off as uh, quality sleep. And then, so that was kind of the most important thing that I saw got the most results for my clients. If they could work on their sleep, they would be much better than if they didn't. Right. Then the next one after that, next most important one was quality consumption, which back then was the, the food you eat and the, and the drinks that you drink. So the things mm-hmm. you consume. Then went on to quality activeness, which is basically just being as active as possible, playing, finding ways to move, getting creative with your movement. And then the last pillar is, is or was quality exercise. Mm-hmm. Now, Me being a fitness trainer to most people back then when I was talking about these pillars, they're like, okay, but you're a fitness trainer and you're talking about quality exercise being the last, almost least important of the of the four. And I was like, yeah, yeah, because by the time if you work on all those 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 first three pillars, then the quality exercise just becomes icing on the cake, the proverbial cake. Right. It becomes the thing that you enjoy doing, not because you have to, but because you get to right? Mm -hmm. And so I was working with that for quite some time. And then I I met, just before the pandemic, I met this client of mine who I was working with, who happens to be a writer. And we were going through a number of things, and she's very spiritual. And and I just kind of noticed a number of things happening within my own world and within her world that was like, man, there's much more to this than just talking about sleep, talking about what you eat and drink, talking about being active and exercise, there's something else that needs to occur. And that is happening whether I want to believe it or not. Mm. And that was the awareness piece. And um, so that's when I added awareness, which is the fifth pillar, but it quickly went to the top because it was, I found that it's the most important thing to work on and then so on and so forth down the line. Right? So again, if you're not aware of, the fact that you need to make changes or if you're not aware of the habits that that you that you that you have throughout a daily basis mm-hmm. then it's almost pointless to do all the other ones so that that's kind of how i came up with the framework for the book and then you know uh in fact i did a podcast about uh, with, with the book publisher, which, which kind of describes in full detail, like Mm -hmm. from start to finish. So if people are curious about that, we could link to it. Um, but that's, that's the gist of the book. That's the reason why I wanted to write something. And, and I also let people know that I did this in a very novel way because I'm not a writer. I will never profess to be a writer. So I did the entire book from start to finish. With voice note. (laughs) Oh wow! So, you know, I basically I almost refused to write because I just (laughs) I do so much writing, texting people, answering questions, which now I don't have to do because of (laughs) that, right? Exactly. Um, But I I just was like, you know what? I don't want to write this book myself because I'm not a writer. I don't want to even go down that route. So my co-writer is my former client Tessa Cash, and you know, bless her heart. She transcribed all of the voice notes I sent to her and all of my podcasts.
0: Wow. Dang. You so say you had, you had the information in there. You had the, you had the words, you spoke them, and then she put them down on paper. That's super cool. Yeah. yeah. Swim Angel Fish. Swim Angel Fish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angel Fish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to SwimAngelfish.com today to apply.
1: There are some points in there in which I describe some things. Again, she's having to try to write from my voice, but she knows me well. So I, I felt like we, we hit the nail on the head there. Um, but there were some things in there that challenged her, right? So I, I talk about electrical muscle stimulation. Mm. Um, my company has created a, a body suit that is a EMS body suit. And at the beginning of our journey together, that's how she came to me because she wanted to experience electrical muscle stimulation. And um, long story short, She ended up realizing that it it wasn't necessarily for her just because of some other things that were going on in her life. Um, But when I ended up working with her for the first time, it was one of the first jobs she did with me was to write an article about the benefits of electrical muscle stimulation. (laughs) So there was this challenge within her having to try to write in someone else's voice, knowing that, you know, deep down inside that, you know, maybe this wasn't right for her. But I just kind of felt like that was a really interesting ju- juxtaposition there. You know? Yeah,
0: that's cool that you did that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah You've done a lot of um, celebrity kind of uh, personal training. When you get a celebrity come to you, well, what are they looking for exactly?
1: Well, my hope is that they're looking for the best resource to help them get to the point they want to get to, to help them optimize their career and their life. And the reason why I say it like that is because early in my career, when I first, like one of the first big clients I ever had was Madonna. Mm -hmm. And when I was working with Madonna for the first few years, I'd say the first four years, it was all about fitness. In fact, it wasn't even fitness like I know it today, it was dance fitness, which is a very different type of fitness. (laughs) Um, But when you're working with a dancer, you're working with a musician, a singer, you need to, un- well, I had to learn how to work with that type of client. And again, it goes back to what I was talking about before, which was trying to learn as much as I can from different realms so I can then add that to my toolkit. Mm. And um, and then I ended up breaking away from her, did some work at the London, London uh, 2012 Games, which was really cool because I got an opportunity to kind of branch out from just working in dance fitness with her to then working with world-class athletes from all over the world Mm -hmm. to then running my own gym, right? So I ended up kind of running, starting my own company. I started to do a bunch of different certification courses. I started getting deep into strength and conditioning, CrossFit, uh, yoga. I mean, everything. I just started really branching out. Um, And then I started to get more requests from other celebrity clients because it's Mm -hmm. all word of mouth really, right? Right. But right. once you've learned how to tour with a client, once you've learned how to fit within mm. um, their lifestyle, right. that's when the barriers come down with the rest of them. And it's just much easier when you're one degree separation from a celebrity like Madonna. All she has to do is say, oh, you should work with with my trainer
0: right, or
1: right. or I use that subtly to, you know, on my Instagram or on my on my website. I I don't, I try not to do it too much because I don't ever want a client to feel exploited. But, um, when, when a person sees that I've worked with, with, uh, high caliber clients like that, then they go, okay, well, this person must trust this guy for some reason. Let me see if, if, if he's a right fit for me. And that's, that's kind of how it started.
0: Wow. That's, that's super cool. That's, that's interesting as well. So do you still have the gym?
1: Um, really good question. So I still have the business. I still have my, my own, you know, fitness business. It's called system fit, but it's, it's since um, we've readapted everything from what we, what we started out. When I first started out, we were, I say, we, my manager and I, um, we were managing the fitness facility at the core club Mm -hmm. and the core club here in, in Manhattan. If anyone is familiar with the core club, it's basically like, the creme de la creme of, of New York City and the world, right? And so it's a member's club. And right. in that member's club, you've got a library, you've got a spa, you've got a, a fitness facility, and you've got a restaurant, all kinds of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, my company managed that that facility, that the fitness facility, for five years.
0: Okay.
1: And again, that was really cool. It just kept me in a box. It kept right, me right. at that level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just knew that there was so much more. So we ended up readapting everything. And now the company that we call our company is System Fit. And System Fit started off as uh, electrical muscle stimulation mostly, right? Because that's when I, we were at the height of. When, once I found out the, the benefits and uh, the use of electrical muscle stimulation, I thought, oh, this is going to change the game for fitness. And. It did and it has but i still feel like we're just at the tipping point and we haven't even really crossed over there yet so um once we started off as as an electrical muscle simulation company i then readapted it to to include everything obviously like how i am like myself right Right. and so now it's kind of like a biohacking Company, if you will, <laughs> and I have. That's interesting
0: activity. you say that. You, you you say biohack. I was going. That was a word that I was going to bring up. I've seen yeah. you talk about biohacking a lot. What what is biohacking?
1: Yeah. I, so I have I have hesitancy using the word the term because in in my field it's really getting overused right. and um and there's a bit of a negative connotation to it because of what social media has done for it and to it. So. Mm-hmm. You know, so what I've tried to do is change the narrative to the fact that we're all biohackers at the end of the day. We're all biohackers. Any anytime we've adapted our or manipulated our environment to to be of our own benefit, mm-hmm. then we're biohackers. So, but what you'll see on social media is all the things that are like it's like clickbait. Everybody wants to their their content to go viral. So right. they're gonna do the coolest of things or the the most bizarre of things. Mm. There there is some benefit in lots of the stuff, lots of the crazy stuff in the biohacking world. But to to, to claim that you're a biohacker only because you have a laser helmet or you, because you put things up your rectum or whatever, to me that just feels like ah oh, come on, like we're missing the point here. Yeah. yeah. So 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 biohacking essentially is just. Someone who uses themselves as like a guinea pig, so to speak, um, or someone who manipulates their environment to get the most out of it. That's it.
0: Right. Well, I have to dig deeper on that one, so I'm gonna have to listen to more. Do you talk about biohacking in your in your podcast?
1: A lot. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, like I'll give you an example. Um, Electrical muscle stimulation is very much biohacking because it's a way to kind of hack. Your fitness. So an example is with our bodysuit, you can you can stimulate all the major muscle groups at the same time in, in a workout, right? And it's not one of those things where you just sit on the couch and you hope to gain abs, blah blah blah. We're not hiring fitness models to to promote our product and say that you can do nothing and get these results. What we do hope, though, is to encourage people to work out with it because you're going to get more out of it.
0: All right. And,
1: and it's like again, it's a hack, right? So do you have to use it? No. But most people who do like using hacks are people who are trying to maximize their time and their efficacy. So right. the reason why I bring up efficacy is because basically, if if as a trainer, let's say someone has back issues and they go to the, the very typical standard physical therapist nothing against physical therapists, but the standard protocol is to put the client in a certain position. Mm -hmm. They make a certain shape. You hope that they are are activating the parts of the body that you want them to activate. And then you also hope that the client understands all of that. And there's this kind of, there's this trust that's happening, but you're not really sure. But the moment that you put on an electrical muscle stimulation body suit with the use of the app, I know without a doubt, certain parts of the body is being activated. And the light bulb came on for me when I started working with clients on this, when for the first time in my career, clients were like, oh, can you turn down the abs a little bit? Or, oh, can you give me more activation of my glutes? It's like, oh, that's interesting, right? Now, wow. now the client is starting to have an awareness in their own body mm-hmm. because of this stimulation that you're getting from, from a phone app or from a, a device that looks like a pager on the side of the hip. So again, it's a hack. It's definitely very much a biohack because you're, you're hacking your biology, but it's, it's, it's nothing to be frowned upon. It's like, if you want to use it, great. If you want to maximize your time, I mean, we're talking, you spend at most 30 minutes going through one of those protocols because the minimum effective dose is around 20 to 30 minutes. You can keep going for an hour if you want to, but you're doing, you're just kind of wasting your muscle because most of the effect comes from recovering from that.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> recovery is huge. Yeah, absolutely. Are you seeing those, these biohacks in more so the average person trying to um, gain awareness and fitness and, and health, or are you seeing this spread out into kind of all the way up to top level athletes now where they're using this, these biohacks to gain advantage over the competition?
1: All the above, 100%. It's all the above because – Nowadays, look on the sidelines of some of your favorite professional sports or even mm-hmm. college, mm-hmm. Uh, but especially in professional sports where there's an opportunity to get sponsorships and things like that, where you're going to see people using the, the hyper ice, you're going to see people using Theraguns you, or, you mm-hmm. know, Hypervolts, and you're going to see um, stick mobility and any of these things that are being used on the sideline. In fact, even just ice on your knees, that's a biohack,
0: right?
1: right? And so... I'm trying to, trying to demystify with with my conversations. I'm trying to demystify and also simplify what biohacking is because it's all under this under the same umbrella. Anything that you can use to get some kind of benefit or change in your body is a biohack, right? Mm. So, so again, I mean, I I I want to belabor that so much because it's like. I don't want people shying away from it thinking that like they've got to spend $3,000 to get some kind of machine. No, like you can either get an infrared sauna because you don't have the the means to be able to, or the ability to get outside, um, or you don't have the ability to like, let's say you live in an area that's just not right for it. Don't, you don't get enough sun, whatever the case may be, you can either get a sauna or you can go outside, but both of those are biohacks.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I think people uh, have some opportunity to learn more. This is super interesting to me in terms of, I don't think we're going to be able to summarize this in 45 minutes to an hour. You know, I got to, I got (laughs) to, I got to study more. So it's like, first of all, I got to, I got to buy your book, which I have bought the book. Um, I put that on my social media. The book is out there. Let's get it first of all. uh, And let's learn here. So uh, where can people uh, get the book first of all?
1: Yeah. So um, if you go to my, my Instagram or my website, Fortunately, everything that I have in the social media world is at Joshua J. Holland. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just all one word. The J in the middle between the two names is my middle initial. Um, So if you go to my Instagram, I have my Linktree account that has everything that you would ever need. Mm -hmm. Or if you want to go direct to the book and no other fuss, then it's books.joshuajholland.com.
0: Okay, perfect. And then you have a podcast out called simply walk the talk where can people find that podcast
1: yeah so same thing thanks for the opportunity there um the same thing you can just go to simply walk the, walk the or if you want to stay more up to date just go to any sort of major podcasting platform and just type in simply walk the talk you'll find it and i will say that uh my youtube channel with the podcast is is quite a bit more popular than just the audio version right So um, if you go to my YouTube same thing at Joshua J. Holland, you'll find my podcast playlist and that's also fun. <laughs> Hopefully we get you on there too.
0: I do yeah I want to come over man and, and learn some of uh, share some stuff some of my knowledge too but uh, is there anything else just before we take off here is there anything else you you really want to touch on that you feel really passionate about? I know we've talked about a lot of different things here biohacking you know, holistic training, recovery, sleep. Um, Is there anything else you want to touch on before we go?
1: Yeah. I mean, at at the end of the day, my hope is that we we all become aware of how we operate and who we are deep down inside. And also that we, I mean, I can get very esoteric here, but at the end of the day, we're just a bunch of cells vibrating around at a certain frequency. Mm -hmm. And, when we hurt one, we hurt the rest of us, right? right? And when we uplift one, we uplift the rest of us. And my hope is that we use our available resources to help one another. And so what good does it do for me to hold on to my information because it's mine and it's, I own this? We don't own any of this stuff, right? It's mm-hmm. all borrowed. Um, and so I want people to kind of take that approach when they read, read the book. I want them to see that like this is just my experience. You know, it's it's not a matter of if it's right or if it's wrong. It's just this has been my experience and it will continue to change. And in fact, a, a really cool story quickly here is I finished writing this book right before I did what's known what's known as a psychoplastogenic retreat, in mm. which I did um several days of psychedelics, the first in my life. And I've heard
0: about I, this a lot, actually.
1: Oh, it, it's it's phenomenal. And what what I can tell you is that about a week and a half to two weeks before I embarked on that, that journey of journeys, um, I just completed the manuscript, turned it in. Mm. Remember, the book is called The Awareness Shift. But a week and a half later, that's when I had my true awareness shift. So yeah, I mean, it's like I'm, I'm happy that <laughs> I didn't I had a quick thought of saying, you know what, I got to rewrite the book because now I just had my awareness shift, but that book would have been simple. It would have been, you know, just take five grams of psilocybin you'll be fine. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but you know, that I think it just offers an opportunity for me to, to write a book number two yeah. and actually write it myself this time. Not that, you know, this one was bad, but I realize now that I have a lot to say and, you know, now that I have a book out there, I don't care like, what 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 else comes out. If the writing is great, so be it. If it's not, so be it. I just want people, want people to get the information. So that's it in a nutshell.
0: Well, the thing I love about you, man, is that you're willing to do things. A lot of people talk about things. A lot of people have dreams and hopes and desires, and they never actually, they never put any action behind it. It seems like with you, it's like, if I'm feeling uncomfortable and uneasy in my life, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to make a shift. I'm going to divert. I'm going to challenge myself in new ways. Even the fact that you just said, you know what, the second time around, I'm going to write the book myself is like, <laughs> man, like that—that's that's some balls there, you know? Because it's like I, I kind of had the same shift a few years about, about four years ago too, but certainly within the last few years with this podcast. Like, I never thought I could do a podcast. I just like—I don't have the capabilities. And here I am doing this thing with you today and, and sharing some amazing experiences, all because I just decided to take that leap, you know, and and do and put action behind uh, a dream, you know, or a hope or, or even a fear, you know, like a fear, put an action behind that. It's okay to kind of walk towards your fears sometimes. And uh, people, people are afraid to do that. So uh, it's cool, man. I think you're a super interesting person. Glad that you're putting this stuff out there for the universe to share and and i love that you you know you said that it's all just borrowed you know i feel the same way man a lot of my information all the success i've had has just been borrowed from other people and it's just been put into me and then created my own experiences from that but uh but ultimately i think the both of us are are hard workers man and, and that's okay to be proud of too you know to to work hard is, is a good thing so um that many places people can find you so josh man i appreciate this, this has been awesome man
1: Thank you so much, Brett, and uh, keep up the good work. And seriously, I hope to get you on my show soon. Um, And for all the listeners and viewers, thank you for your time. And,
0: uh, yeah, hit me up if you you want to connect. Absolutely. Thanks, Josh. All right, take care, bud. Peace. Bye. VASA has been the go-to training tool outside of the pool for over 30 years. VASA's products are ideal for developing power and proper technique in your swimmer's catch. Add a few VASA trainers to your pool deck and it's like adding an extra lane to your swimming pool. Go to VASATrainer.com, use code BRETT at checkout and get 10% off anything from VASA. Destro Swim Towers. Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, at checkout. DestroMachines.com